So it's about using technology to facilitate like deeper human connection rather than using technology to replace human connection. I spent the last 10 years teaching corporate America leadership and teamwork. Now I've left my nine to five job to help as many people as possible become leaders in their work and personal lives. Some say leaders are born, but I say they're built. This podcast is the beginning of my mission to create change on a massive scale. Join me and follow along as we explore leadership, teamwork, and growth together. My name is Brian Rollo, and this is Lead with Impact. Hey there, this is Brian, and welcome to Lead with Impact. I am excited to have you with me today. We are going to be talking today to Brandy Bernoski. Brandy is a technology expert, digital strategist, and web developer. And she is the founder of Alchemy and AIM and North Star Sites, companies that help entrepreneurs and business owners to elevate their online presence and enhance their digital experience. She's also an advocate for using technology in ways that humanize, connect, and serve people as well as for asking deeper philosophical questions and teaching others to think more broadly about impact when they create. I have a lot of questions about technology to ask Brandy, so I am anticipating a great conversation, and we will jump to that in just a moment. In the meantime, if you are listening to Lead with Impact on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or another platform. If you could subscribe, rate, and review, it would be unbelievably helpful. We make more and more traction with every episode, but every subscriber and every listener helps so much. I appreciate everything you do, and uh, I'm happy that we get to have these conversations together. Now that that's out of the way, let's jump into the content, and let's go ahead and meet Brandy Bernoski. Brandy, welcome to Lead with Impact. I'm excited to have you on the show. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much, Brian. I would love to hear, first of all, how you help people. Yeah, so my, my bigger mission is really to help people find find themselves in the work that they do and be very true to that. And I mean, the core of my business is website development. So um, it, it seems kind of strange that that may be my bigger mission, but I, I really love helping people think through what they're creating with their websites, what they're putting out there in the world and how they're leveraging technology to really connect with people. Because I think so much today, um, our websites, um, our social media um, accounts, the technology we use to connect with people, these are really kind of like, they're becoming like digital extensions of ourselves. They're like digital appendages. They're like not, you know, not physical, but um, they are this continuation of the experience of who we are beyond the physical plane and into technology. So helping people really kind of figure out what alignment looks like for them, who they are and how they can best utilize that that's really what we like to do. And, and yeah, that takes place in, you know, building websites for people as well. But um, I love having those higher level conversations with people about 
you know, how are they using technology as a whole to be able to, to give them more time back into their lives and actually allow more conversation and connection with people too. That idea is very intriguing to me about our digital presence being extensions of ourselves. I was reading an article recently about how AI is becoming more and more advanced Yes, and that it's becoming so people can talk with an AI and it's almost not quite there, but almost becoming indistinguishable. So that's just something on the other end of the spectrum, but you made me think about it when you mentioned that what we put out into the world digitally is in some ways a representative representation of ourselves. And it may be the only way that people experience what we really are. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, we are, you know, we're kind of in this, still quarantined time in some ways. Um, and I, I don't know how much longer we're going to be in quarantine times. And I think even post quarantine, we are still going to be really heavily relying upon technology in order to do our work, um, to connect us with other human beings, to be able to, you know, potentially even like see parts of the world, see family members that we may not get to physically travel and see. And, um, yeah, it, it absolutely, it, it is, you know, in some ways we have to think a little bit differently about what we're doing and how, how we're actually using the technology. It's, it's not as simple as a phone call or text message anymore. We have so many more options available to us. Exactly. Some of the work that I do revolves around using personality archetypes, mm -hmm. Carl Jung's theory of personality archetypes and using that system and framework to help people discover um, what really motivates them and what drives them and use that in a way that they can further their message to the world in a more authentic way. So I mentioned that because you are really making me think along those lines when you talk again about the digital extension of ourselves, because I think it's so common from my perspective for people just to throw something up because it looks good and play what I like to call buzzword bingo, where we take <laughs> a bunch of business words that people are saying and maybe rearrange them a little and throw them up on the website. But it's not necessarily a true representation of who we really are. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I should say this as well. Um, as in as much as the physical space sometimes determines what personality traits emerge. Like if you put me at a party, I'm, I'm an introvert. I love talking to people, but the moment you put me at a giant party, I definitely like, like want to find the wall or the kitchen or something like that. I'll see um, you there. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the digital, the digital space as well can kind of, um, alter our personalities a little bit. And it's not that it's less of ourselves. It's just a different aspect of ourselves that may potentially emerge. Like I always think about it as, um, you know, Beyonce with her Sasha fears. Like I think Sasha is a part of Beyonce and kind of like, like the archetypes allow us to kind of like tune in and channel a part of ourselves a little bit better. I think, um, I think the same is true online as well is that um, you're online and, and what you put out there online is, is going to be very similar to who you are, but you may find different aspects emerging. Like you may find that, you know, doing video calls one-on-one -on -one lights you up in a way that you just didn't expect or that you maybe don't normally in meetings because you feel uh, a little bit more, you know, 
kind of free to, to express yourself or um, be able to speak in a different way. I love that. I talk sometimes to groups about authenticity and leadership. And I've talked about this before in the podcast. Uh, sometimes I get feedback from people saying, well, I'm authentically this, you know, and they yeah. put themselves in a box and anything stepping outside of that box is not authentic. And they sort of use that as permission for to never change and to mm -hmm. never grow. And I like to say, well, there's different, we all project different versions of ourselves in different settings to your point. Yes. Right. For instance, there's probably the business brandy and there might be yes. the gym brandy and the family brandy and they can all be authentic, but we show different aspects of ourselves in different forums. So I love that concept. I've never really thought about it, that this digital space is just another forum for us to maybe express our authenticity in a slightly different way. Absolutely. I think it's exactly that. So I think it's really exciting now that we're spending more time um, online. And actually, I feel like we're becoming also more aware of the, you know, what, what I want to call like a digital experience that we create of ourselves and of our companies or our brands or, um, you know, it's not just about being like, it's not about having a website and being like, well, I, I made a website, I'm done. I have like a presence online. Like it's really about crafting this whole experience in how we use technology, how we connect with people online. Um, and then what that looks, you know, is that congruent with what happens in the real world as well? Like anyone who, you know, listens to me on a podcast or meets me on a video, they'll find like in person, I'm pretty much the same person. Unless you put me in a particular situation like a giant party and then maybe I'm going to get a little quiet and, you know, wander off on my own. So as someone who helps people develop their digital presence, what do you see as the biggest, excuse me, the biggest obstacle maybe to that authenticity coming out? It's, it's this idea of um, mimicking other people's success. And so, you know, a lot of people have come to me in the past and they'll, they'll see um, someone who's had a lot of success. They'll see maybe their website and say, I want so-and-so's website. There is not one way of doing things anymore. There are so many different ways that we can connect and engage um, and, and be ourselves that like, I think sometimes the first thing I have to do is unravel those beliefs that you have to have this person's website to be successful, or you have to do it in this particular way. You have to have this funnel. Sometimes it's really helping them discover what's going to work best for them. So um, even yesterday, I was on a phone call uh, with, um, with someone who actually coaches actors. And we were talking, she, she really felt like what she needed to do to attract her clients was build a website and do all the SEO work. And as we started to kind of talk a little bit more, we realized like not... First of all, that's not what she wanted to really do. It wasn't what her, like she was passionate about, like doing the SEO work. Like she was just a relationships person. And we started to look at different ways that she could utilize her strengths to build her business instead of doing what she thought everyone told her like she had to do, which was you have to build a website and you have to, you know, figure out your SEO keywords. There, I mean, there are really so many different ways to do things. So that's really like first step is just unpacking what kind of beliefs you're coming with 
and starting to look at like, where are your natural talents and strengths and starting to align with those. So that makes me remember that I think I read that you have a background in psychology. Is that correct? Not psychology, philosophy. Philosophy. I'm sorry. Philosophy. I've got a, yeah, I've got a couple of degrees. Um, none of which are, have the words, uh, website development in them. Um, but all of which still continue to this day to really inform me. And I did actually, I studied, um, a little bit of psychology when I was studying religion as well. Um, and I was looking at the interface of like, like religion and psychology and what they um, talk, you know, say about each other. So how does someone with a background in religion and philosophy and a little psychology, and I think I read theater, is that correct? Theater, physics, math, yep. Theater, physics, math. How does that all end up website developer? Um, it, so it was kind of a very unexpected route. I started blogging when I was in grad school, a little before I was in grad school. I was finishing up my second degree um, and just, I started blogging. Um, I was encouraged by a friend. I thought it would be fun. And I had enough backgrounds of code from physics to start playing with my own website. And a couple years later, I had enough knowledge of building my website to help my friends. And then next thing I knew, a designer asked me to help build themes. And beyond that, I, I realized I was making just enough money on the side that I could give it a go of like quitting my job and, and doing this work for myself freelancer thing. Um, I, you know, it, it's kind of funny because when you first get into business, well, first of all, I didn't know I was running a business. I thought I was just being a freelancer. <laughs> I, I had no concept of like business structures or anything like that. Those were all things I had to learn along the way. And I mean, what was really great is the more aware I was of what was happening in my business, the more I started to see how all of these pieces of myself were coming into the day-to-day -day of running my business. Like I use my theater training all the time. It really helps me understand people, be very empathetic, like really put myself in their shoes and, and, and root for them, like want to help them accomplish their goals and, and be there with them um, as, they, those, as they achieve things. Um, the physics and math come into the code that we do all the time. Philosophy, I, will t I sometimes joke and I'm like, the philosophy sometimes lets me convince people of things that I know are really best for them, but I just have to take them on that logical path to help their brain make that decision. So it, it, all, it all very unexpectedly comes into play. And I think it helps us stand out in the work that we do because we're not simply taking orders and executing on things that people have told us. We're actually helping people think differently about their business and about how they use their website and how they use technology as well. That plays into that whole concept that the things that you think may limit you or make you not good enough yes are really what makes you strong yeah i think it's it, you know it's the whole of you and all of your unique quirks can actually really come together in unexpected ways to help people and and that's really like what i love to do first and foremost i'm like i just like to help people and, and help them see what's possible for themselves, help them like shift perspective to see new opportunities that they didn't know were there originally. Absolutely. Because let's face it, there are a lot of web developers, but I think 
there's probably a very small number and that number is sitting in front of me <laughs> of <what> developers <laughs> with that background with a background yeah. in philosophy and religion and theater and science so that's what makes us uniquely ourselves and even whether we meant to do it or not differentiate ourselves yeah it it, it definitely does i i like to I like to really think that like the whole path that I have goes into, into really informing not just how I run my business. Cause I feel I do run it differently than, you know, I'm not looking for like to imitate another model that's out there. I'm always kind of following my curiosity. I, you know, experimenting a little bit, seeing what works, what doesn't work. But I, I, I think, you know, it helps us, it helps position us into, um, even just being able to relate to people. Like I, I think my background allows me to relate to a lot of different types of people that come through and understand what they're doing. Like even working with an, an acting coach and, and talking to an acting coach, you know, I, I know the acting industry. Like I know the theater and, and movie industries. I have friends who are still involved in them. Um, so it kind of just allows me like unique insights into the world and into my clients' businesses and into supporting them in the right ways. So I would like to backtrack yeah. to talking about tech again. Yes, let's. And, you know, I mentioned earlier AI. We all know, the, you know, the sci-fi movie where AI makes us less human and takes over the world. And we are eventually all following our artificial intelligence masters. <laughs> yeah. So somebody comes to you or has the concern or it's just bouncing in the back of our minds. Brandy, this digital presence you're talking about it dehumanizes mm -hmm. me dehumanizes my company i'm worried it's not sending the right message if i put too much emphasis in that so my question to you is tech making us less human yeah i think i i really do feel that it's it's a technology is a tool and like every tool it's about how we use it so um certainly i've i have certainly experienced um like sales funnels that make me feel entirely like a number that's, you know, of like just one more person on a list that's being sold to, as opposed to a real human being. Um, but then I've also experienced, you know, things in business that allow you to actually connect with someone faster. Um, one of the things that I do and that um, some of my clients have done actually after working with me is I, after the initial inquiry comes in from my contact form, I always send people a questionnaire to fill out. And really what that does is it saves me time from asking them the basic questions of like, what pages do you need? What's your current website URL? Allows me to collect that information first so that when I connect with them, I can ask more insightful, deeper questions. And that's really like, I'm utilizing a bit of technology so that when we actually get to the point of connection, I'm having an even more human conversation with them. And I'm not just asking them, you know, the same like questions that I can collect in a questionnaire. I'm asking them much, much deeper, more personal questions to really get at the heart of who they are and what they need. And I think that's, you know, even when I think about, um, we're a friend and I are right now, we're, we're working on building a new company and we're looking at integrating AI into part of the process. And the reason we're looking at building AI is for the same reason. It's like, what can we allow technology to answer so that when they come to us, 
we can go even deeper. We can ask better questions of them. They can ask better questions of us. They become more educated and empowered. So it's about using technology to facilitate like deeper human connection rather than using technology to replace human connection. So what I think I hear you saying is that it really depends on us and the amount of humanity that we put into the tech that we use. Absolutely. I think that's absolutely it. I think it's, um, you know, as we create technology, understanding what the potential is with that technology, and even thinking about, about human connection. Um, I think, you know, you, we really have to be very conscious about as we create, you know, what the potential impacts are, what drives us to create and, and how it can potentially be utilized by people, how we can teach people how to utilize it too. I'm thinking as you talk about tech that maybe makes someone come across as less human. Just one example that I'm thinking of as you talk, yeah. and I'm not, mess I'm not meaning to cast stones on anybody who uses this particular marketing method, but doing what I do, I've seen so many people who market webinars as live. Yes. And you hop onto what you think is a live webinar and they start interacting as if they are live but it becomes apparent a little ways in that you're actually watching the 10,000th presentation of a recorded webinar. And the person who recorded this is maybe sitting on a beach somewhere <laughs> drinking a Mai Tai and there is no other human present except for yourself. And it's not so much that that's a bad thing as it is the fact that that I feel like that person's lying to me from the very first yeah. interaction. Yeah. It's misleading. I don't think there's anything wrong with, um, you know, um, helping someone by providing knowledge to them in a webinar that's been pre-recorded. I think it's wrong when you start to lie about the fact that it's interactive when clearly it is not where, you know, really it's been pre-recorded, but it's pretended to be live. I think, you know, we don't want that. We, we don't want to be lied to in that way. And, and we can sense it. We're getting very, very good at recognizing the cues and what's potentially missing like there's conversation missing like you know they're not acknowledging any of the chat that's happening in the side um we're becoming i think even smarter like buyers and consumers and it's just not it's those people who do those things they're not just they're not going to last a very long time because if frankly if you lie to me from the first interaction i have with you or your company um, I'm what you're not building the trust. And if you don't build the trust, you're never going to make me a raving fan ever. Absolutely. Now, as you know, this podcast is called lead with impact. So yeah. probably not surprisingly, if I've done a good job of branding, you understand <laughs> that we talk about leadership a little bit here. So technology and leadership, I guess this is just an extension of that previous conversation, but for leaders who want to reach out to the people, how can they use technology in a way that creates more of that human engagement where I feel my leader, my manager, my boss, whoever it is, you know, any particular mm -hmm. dynamic really has a human connection with me versus I'm just a number. Uh, he doesn't, he or she doesn't care about me at all. Yeah, so I, I will say this has actually been a, a real challenge of mine having a remote team um, is connecting with people on a regular basis in a very human way and not just like 
here's your next assignment. Here's your next report, you know, cause it, it, it can start to feel a little, um, a little automated at times um, when you're kind of, you know, working on projects together and you want to make sure that the conversation is really focused in on the projects in those appropriate places. I, I think it's just about finding different ways to um, allow for that connection, whatever it is. Um, so, you know, one of the things we do, um, we, we utilize Slack within the company and I just try to find ways like on Slack to let people know how much I appreciate them. Sometimes that translates into real life too. Like I've sent team members like flowers or, you know, new home gifts. Um, I like to really make sure I'm staying in up to date with what's happening. And then also I'm creating spaces for them to talk to each other and interact with each other. So we have, we have a parenting channel on our Slack. So anyone with kids can just kind of get on and, you know, showcase the birthday cake that was made or like the science project. Um, and that also allows me to go in and share with, you know, get to know them better in that capacity, cheer them on, um, just see what their day-to-day -day lives are like as well. So I think, I think that's really it. I, you know, like we really want to, we just want to be acknowledged for the whole humans that we are. And um, we have a policy in, in my company that's always like, it's a family first company. So, you know, we, we don't do brain surgery. Um, if we have to leave a project in the middle, like we can always pass it off to someone else. But like, if there's an emergency with our family, like we, we have to tend to that first. And um, I really reiterate that with my team and they know that they can come to me with any concerns that they have. Um, so I, I think it's just, I think it's just finding technology in ways. So like Slack can be a great one to just kind of like create conversations that are a little different of even just like, you know, what's that one thing that you'd never want to see on a pizza or, you know, have those kind of fun conversations that, um, allow you just to connect and for people to see that, um, you, you can, you can have a conversation with them beyond the work that needs to be done. And I think that's, you know, that's all part of leadership is, is really helping people understand that their whole humanity is valued. I love all of that. And as I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking, that's perfect. I mean, that, what a way to create human connections. But here's the challenge, I think, mm -hmm. for a lot of leaders today. Even to get to where you are using Slack and to be so comfortable in using it requires a mental shift. Yes. Uh, it requires not digging your feet into the, <laughs> into the sand and saying, I'm not moving, and mm -hmm. fighting technology. And as easily as that may come to someone who does what you do, I can tell you in my world, and I'm sure yours too, as you talk to customers, there are people where that is not, people for whom that is not an easy jump because they have operated for years using technology at a minimal level. And yes. that can be a big hurdle to where get to the point where not only do they accept it, but they are comfortable enough with it to branch out just like you mentioned. Yeah, and I, I think it's helpful um, first not to, to try to acquire too much technology all at the same time. So it's not like you need to do a technology rehaul and like start using all of the new systems. That can be that can be overwhelming for anyone. It's like any like someone deciding I'm gonna be on social media and then signing up for every social media platform and telling themselves they're gonna use it daily. Like, come on, it's not gonna happen. Um, I think it's about just making like choosing one one thing at a time and letting it be an experiment. You know, it's sometimes in the business world, we can feel like by selecting technology, 
we've, we've now, you know, staked a new spot in the sand and we're like, this has, we have to use it in this way. Um, I, I think staying curious about how you can utilize technology, just thinking of it as kind of like a bigger experiment that you can run and, um, being willing to be wrong with it too, you know, like trying something out, you know, we've, we've certainly had Slack channels that we were retired because there was just no conversation in them, but there have been ones that have been successful as well. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't latch on too hard to anything. And I just kind of keep experimenting and keep kind of um, asking the team like, Hey, what else do you want to see? What else, what else are you interested in talking about or, or doing or, or um, engaging, you know, in different ways. I know I would have signed up for the pizza channel 100%. Yeah. Right. Like we actually, we had a, one of our team members even do like a pizza diet for a little while. So we saw pizzas every day for some, for some time. <laughs> All right. So let's narrow back down as we sort of uh, start to wind down here a little bit, because I know we, we both have to jump soon, but websites. So if there's someone that's been listening to us chat about everything from AI to tech to leadership and they're saying, but what do I do to make my website better? Uh, is there one or are there one or two tips that you can give our listeners in order for them to enhance their digital presence? The biggest website tip that I can give people actually has nothing to do with technology. It's simply take time to get to know your ideal client and really speak to them on their websites. So like really like focus your website on talking to them not talking about yourself. I mean, you're going to need to do some of that too, or, you know, you're going to need to talk about your company and your services as well. But usually when I, I work with a client and I find that they're not excited about their website, it's because they're not making a connection on their website. They're saying, hi, my name is, you know, hi, my name is Brandy. I'm a website developer and I build websites. I haven't connected with anyone with that text. But when you start to really speak to people and you start to speak to their hopes and their dreams, and you can invite them in to exploring what it's like to work with you, that really goes a long way. So I, I'm, I'm a big fan of like, think about your website copy and how you're actually speaking to people. Are you helping them see what's possible for themselves, given the work that you do? That, that alone makes the biggest change on a website. So not necessarily colors or logos or, you know. It's all good to have. It's all, you know, it's all stuff that you can layer on in time or you can refine or rethink. But if you're not talking to people and if you're not like looking to help people and serve people, it, it, no website, you know, no logo, no color scheme, no layout is, you know, no font choice is really going to help with that. You have to talk to the people and you have to show them um, what their success looks like, what the transformation looks like. You know, we buy what we buy. We invest in what we invest in because we have these pictures of ourselves as a result. You know, we know like, oh, I'm going to buy that sofa for the living room. And then I see myself reading a book and, you know, the sunlight streaming in. Um, you know, we see those, picture, those pictures for our future. And so helping your, your ideal clients see those pictures of themselves in relation to the work they do with you really is significant. So we're shifting our thinking from us to them. Yes. Yes. One last thing I have to say is you talk, are you familiar at my guess is you probably are doing this work and being a marketer with Seth Godin. Yes, I am. 
yes, huge fan of Seth Godin. You go to his website and it's still in 2020, a white page with black font. Yep. And maybe there's a little yellow logo or something. I'd have to go back and look. There's but, a picture of him somewhere too, I'm sure. <laughs> but it is, and I don't say this, I love web development, but it just pretty much looks as low tech. I don't know if it actually is low tech, but it looks pretty much as low tech as you can get. But he just speaks to you with every post. Absolutely. And I think, I think that's a very intentional choice on his behalf is to keep it simple. So the, it's the ideas that take center stage. It's not any glitz or glam or, you know, really pretty, you know, video backgrounds. I mean, those are all great things to utilize in the right ways. But if you are not talking to people, it doesn't matter. And he does it every single day, which helps. Yes, that too. Great lessons. Brandy, this is been sort of a crazy conversation. We started talking about websites and went all over the place, but I appreciate you, uh, you sharing your thoughts. This is a fascinating topic to me, and I think it will be to our listeners as well. If somebody is listening to this and they're saying to themselves, where can I learn more about Brandy and maybe potentially learn more from her? Where can that happen? Uh, very easily. You can head over to my company's website, which is alchemyandaim.com. I'm there. You can also find me on Instagram and I love interacting with people on Instagram. Um, I have, I've got my company Instagram, so it's alchemy and aim. And then there's also Brandy Bernofsky on Instagram. I will track down those links and put them in the show notes for people. And what does the future hold for you? You said something about a new company. So if you want to talk about that, I'd love to hear it or what else. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to say too much about the new company since it's still being worked on, um, but I'm really excited. It's a partnership uh, with a great friend of mine who's also in technology. And so um, we're, we're really thinking about how we can help and support um, entrepreneurs and business owners um, and, and get them the technology support that they need. So that is, that's absolutely in my future as well as eventually I'm looking forward to the time that I can vacation again. Um, and, and actually travel somewhere, not just like vacation at home. Not just so. in the backyard. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm keeping that in my future, absolutely. I was hoping for a scoop about the new business. We'll have to do that on the side. <laughs> or another episode, maybe, when you launch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, great. Brandy, thank you so much for being here. It's been great. Thanks, Brian, for having me.